say can be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like no bandit run. Welcome back to another meeting of the Order of the Straight Arrow. You have myself, Dustin, Troop Scout Leader, also known as Lays with Beef, across from me. This is Chief Runs with Bins. <laughs> I mean, this is Smoking Dart. <laughs> and <laughs> in between the two wall boys, you have myself. I'm Miles, a.k.a. Chief Runs with Bins. <laughs> Sorry, I got mixed up there. <laughs> yeah, it's not the first time. Thank you for joining us on another episode of The Order of the Straight Arrow. Thanks for having me. Not you. I'm talking <laughs> to the audience. <laughs> Start this meeting off like we do the rest. Let's do the straight arrow oath. So if you're in scout uniform, three-finger salute. Those of you in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian. A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow knows the Bills will never win a Super Bowl. And a straight arrow is always against Bill HR 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Can I get a round table? Wima Tanya? Wima Tanya! Let's pass it over to the historian to start us off with some episode info. All right, so this is King of the Hill, Season 2, Episode 13, entitled Snow Job. It is the 25th episode overall. It originally aired on February 1st, 1998. This one didn't have a director's intro, unfortunately. Bummer. Um, the synopsis is Hank is disillusioned after discovering his boss uses an electric stove. Writers for this one, it seemed like they might have had a bit of an issue um, getting this one down. There was a lot of deleted scenes, but there were only very minor differences. Um, there was some total differences in a few, but... Um, uh, this episode had a little bit of controversy in the room, eh? I, I, I can only imagine so, but... So the writers for this one are Cheryl Holiday, Alan R. Cohen, Alan Friedland, and Jim Dotry. Cheers to Cheryl. Let's get a round table... Cheryl Holiday. Yeah, we're gonna have to tighten that up in post. <laughs> um, yeah, these are all. I'm not gonna go into the individual credits for all of them, but we've heard their names lots. We know them well. But the director is also well well known to us, Adam Cullman. We've seen him before do Hank's Unmentionable, and fire and How to Fire Your Rifle. I like that one a lot more than Hank's. Yeah, this is his third. Um, he did a total of 18. Um, uh, summer in January. So there's no cold open on this one. We just go right to the summer in January Strickland Barbecue. Sounds like it's uh, kind of a collaboration event. All the other uh, branches come out and light up the torch. There's like a relay race through Arlen Public Park. Yeah, and it's uh, it obviously looks freezing. Like everybody has a jacket on except for Luann and Peggy. Like, <laughs> I don't know where that went wrong. Yeah, and they're the two ones bitching about how cold <laughs> they are. But yeah, it's funny. It looks like like an Olympic torch runner uh, running through the town, but he's actually just bringing the torch to Buck Strickland, who in turn gives the torch to Hank because he would, he'd be ever so honored to light the propane barbecue and the torches and heaters and everything that was around. 
There was a controversial deleted scene instead of that there. So Hank was going to light the grill, and he couldn't get it lit. And then Ooh. another guy had to come up and, like, turn it on to uh, high yeah. propane. And then Hank could light the grill. I guess. But, like, it just totally made Hank look bad. Mm-hmm. And you don't really want to do that right away. No. You kind of want to, especially in this episode, where you want to show that Hank deserves. Exactly, yeah. Uh, to know what he's doing around yeah. here. I'm sure it was quite controversial. Yeah, no doubt. I, I had no idea that there was going to be so many of these. This is right off the get-go. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of them. Hey, Vickers, who do you like for the Super Bowl next year? The Doopy Loopies or the Shimmy Shammies? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, very funny. But I like the Bills. <laughs> uh, Hank sure knows his audience with Buck Strickland. Yeah. <laughs> Buck was loving that. They have the same conversation every year. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that brings us to the introduction of a new uh, one-time character who we meet who is a employee of Strickland Propane named Lloyd Vickers. Um, voiced by our man, David Herman. And... He reminded me of another David, David Herman voice character that we met in the pilot episode, Twig Boy, Anthony. I mean, their voices were different, but they were just... Was it both David Herman? Both David Herman, yeah. Just there to annoy Hank. It definitely felt like they could have been, like, siblings or the same guy if he just chose a different uh, career path. Because you're right, they are the, the I have same a type of human. I have a feeling every season we're going to see a new Twig Boy show up. <laughs> <laughs> so while everyone is enjoying uh, the barbecue, the summer in January, uh, Strickland barbecue with all five branches there, a piece of ash falls from the sky and lands on Bobby. And he, of course obviously assumes that there must be a volcano nearby <laughs> but it's it's actually snow bobby is sadly mistaken and everyone there just starts freaking out these texans aren't prepared for this sort of weather no did you see the way they all tried to leave the parking lot <laughs> texans aren't prepared for this kind of nightmare sir we got to work fast i'll unlock the gas reserves while you rally the troops see now what i thought it was like oh it's snowing we gotta we need a lot more propane for this barbecue i didn't really think that it was gonna be for the whole town oh everybody's gonna be freaking out and using the propane yeah, yeah that's what i thought for like just right there i did not realize the uh size that this uh issue is gonna be well it is reasonable to think like if like people are driving like that all over the place like you're gonna lose power at some point and propane is used a lot i mean until the electric company starts kicking in exactly <laughs> But apparently Peggy's the only one prepared. Uh, well, she instructs the crowd to not lick any flagpoles. Yeah. <laughs> She's from Montana. Yeah, so yeah. she knows she knows what the snow's about. Have any of you guys ever licked a, uh, a flagpole or a similar I have winter? seen A Christmas Story. No, no. I did. Why? You saw the movie too. Yeah, but like, do you never see a movie and you're like, oh, that's fake? I remember a friend of mine had the, had a ice, uh, he bought a popsicle at the uh, ice rink. And then it stuck to his tongue, and he had to just go to the sink and just, like... Did he cry? No, it was just a popsicle. Fair enough. There's worse things that get stuck <laughs> to your tongue. Yeah, I've had that happen. It totally sucks. But we see, like, uh, like, a, like a, a disruption in Hank's character as he openly uh, shows affection to Peggy in public 
when he's about when he's leaving like they're like making out at this point she tells him to not be a hero and of course Hank instructs her that it's it's too late it's too late (laughs) (laughs) and he runs off to join uh Jojack another Strickland employee that we're meeting in this episode he hops on the Jojack's truck and he starts driving off and Bobby tries to follow him can I come too dad you bet son if you can catch a bobtail on the fly you're welcome at Strickland propane come on Jack. Slow way down. Slower. Just stop the truck. But this one I was a little surprised who voices Joe Jack, and it's actually Toby Huss. Once I found that out and then re-listened to Joe Jack's voice, you can you can hear it. I don't think he has any speaking lines right away in this first scene. But uh, when he does start to speak a little bit later, you'll be you can feel the Toby in it. Yeah, yeah. Like many characters in King Lil have like their their signature uh, like little quips they say. Like Buck Strickland calls their calls Hank Old Toff, and Nancy Hicks Gribble calls everyone Suge. Joe Jack calls everyone Honey. Yeah. <laughs> like regardless of gender or who they are or anything. As it should be. <laughs> but Hank says, "Can he catch a bobtail on the fly?" Um, I had to look it up, but Miles, as uh, the group's trucker, do you want to explain to us what a bobtail is? Sure. Now, both of you guys have seen, like, my work truck. That's technically a bobtail. Um, So, yeah, a bobtail refers to two different things. It's either just, like, uh, a tractor trailer, or, sorry, a semi-tractor without its trailer. You know, like, when you see the big truck, not a trailer. And the other one is just, uh, which my work truck would be, which is a straight uh, is a, called a straight truck in which all the truck's axles are attached to the same chassis. And it's also like a common thing to refer to propane trucks as bobtails just because they're small and they like just like these are doing like residential delivery. So they won't be towing a trailer. So I just think it's the same sort of thing. Like a propane truck's not necessarily a bobtail. It's treated just most like, of them are. But like it sounds like it's just to treat it as if it was like a big semi truck, but it just doesn't have. Mm-hmm. It's just not a doesn't have the tra- the trailer. Right, exactly. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. So when it turns, it doesn't like bend in two and have a hitch. And it's all one, right? So you got to take big ass wide turns. Whee! It's the winter wonderland. Whee! <laughs> that is obviously the sounds of Bill uh, reliving his inner child as he seems to do every opportunity he gets. Boomhauer's standing there in a very stylish winter suit. I tell you what, man, it don't go down to Antarctica. He ain't gonna get that damn thing to work with a little big old bottom like he got. <laughs> I just love that he's trying to slit on a garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sitting there yelling we yeah. having the time of his life. He doesn't like, need to go anywhere. Even if it was like waxed or like he was going downhill, it still has a handle that's digging into the yeah. dirt. Like you're not going anywhere, Bill. I don't know, Bill's huge too, and he just throws it into like an inch of snow on concrete and then just jumps <laughs> onto oh, it. Like, it's like a slight incline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was weird that I noticed this. Everyone like puts on like their winter clothes, Bill puts on a pair of shorts. I didn't notice that. I guess just so that he could jump onto his like sled, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> he's wearing like a pair of like uh, like pale green shorts. Weird. Yeah, it definitely can't be that cold. Like, yeah, sure, it's snowing, but like it's Texas. Like, it can't be that cold. Yeah. Well, 
Desert gets really cold. Fair enough. I just love how they throw Boomhauer and Bill into these episodes. They're just kind of like their own, doing their own thing. But meanwhile, while Bill and Boomhauer are enjoying the snow, Hank is at Strickland Propane with Bobby and Buck. And they're trying to figure out how they're going to deal with this propane crisis or a propane emergency, if you will. And Hank has a very clever idea as to... We can get propane to the nursing homes by diverting it away from the Museum of Modern Art. If anyone asks, it was a tough choice. <laughs> That's funny because we found out, uh, was it last episode, a couple episodes ago? Arlen doesn't have a contemporary art museum, <laughs> but apparently Arlen, Arlen has a modern art museum. I now. think they're the same thing. Yeah, if I was to describe contemporary, I would use the term modern. I think the, the terms are interchangeable. I think so. Yeah. Well, the terms that I got were... <laughs> It pretty much just refers to dates. It's like modern art refers to the period that began in the late 1880s and that lasted up until the 1960s. Contemporary art can be said to be the art that was developed after the 1960s and is still emerging today. So, yeah, there technically wouldn't be any difference. It's just what era yeah. they're from. I always thought all that, all that like, weirdo fucking, like, a toilet and a rat's head, that statues that popped up all over Vancouver and shit, people always call that modern art. So I just always assumed that that shit was, all, was still modern art. Maybe they're using modern as not a descriptive term uh, for the art style, but just as a adjective for when the art was made. Either way, I wouldn't believe that Arlen has one of them. <laughs> the, <laughs> the whole endowment was blown anyways. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking cold at that art museum. <laughs> and Buck's just like kicking back with his feet up pretty much, and he's like talking to Bobby, and he's like, Yeah, that's why your dad's one of the greats. And he's like, Maybe one day you'll be sitting in his chair. And then Bobby's like, Well, where would Hank be sitting? And he'd be he'd be he'd be sitting in the manager's chair, but Hank would never do that. He would just simply wheel his existing exactly. chair. Exactly. It's a fine chair. Into Buck's office. <laughs> he's kept those those wheels nice and uh WD forty'd. Yeah. Well, I mean, it got me thinking, too. It's just like, fuck, yeah, if I moved, I'm going to bring my chair. Like, Why, I'm not going to go good. Yeah, you, you sit in a shitty chair all day? No. <laughs> I want a good chair. I want a good chair. This chair's broken. So Buck decides that he's done work for the day because Hank's done enough for him. So he starts uh, clocking out and finishing the last of his paperwork. Yeah, just crosses off the date. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even do two lines, just he, one line. But before he's out of there, he's got to have a look and see what Miss November's up to. <laughs> I'm sure he's had a good look at them already. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't like to look ahead at calendars. I feel like it ruins it for when that month changes, and you're like, oh, it's this one this month, instead of knowing what you're going to get. Man, I, I mean, haven't yeah. bought a calendar in so long for myself. Fair enough. But you know Buck was, like, at those photo shoots, possibly yeah. taking the pictures. I mean, he probably hired somebody, probably Vickers, to take the pictures. <laughs> but Buck was standing there the whole time. I'd and, be daddy. <laughs> and, uh, Bobby asks why he didn't get a Strickland calendar this year. And Bobby Or Hank says, you're not old enough, and tells him to go outside and make snow angels because Buck starts getting hot and heavy and just fucking rowdy. I mean, yeah, I started to see the sweat, and I was like, okay, like, I get it. He's really into it. And then I realized, like, oh, okay, he's having a fucking heart attack. <laughs> He's having an infarction. <laughs> I like that he goes outside and uh, fucking Bobby. Mr. Strickland, you gotta use both arms, like me. Hank grabs the phone to uh, obviously call an ambulance, but there's a bit of a flub here. Instead of dialing 911, he dials 900. 
Maybe that's ambulance in Texas. I looked it up. It's not. What is it in Texas? Nine one one. Oh. All of America, nine one one. All of Canada, nine one one. There was a hoax going around on Facebook saying that one one two got you emergency services, but it's a lie. And they, they get you. Uh, I think some places realized that it would. Um, like a lot of people would fall for it, so they made it like a national redirect to nine one one. So like if you dialed one one two, it would, like, the phone companies would pick it up and send it to emergency services like nine one one. Just in some places though. Yeah, that realize that our people are the stupid that they're gonna, gonna do this. Say, it was the stupidest places. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so nine one one is how you get the uh, the, the the emergency services. My only other guess is that he dialed nine to got to dial out and then hit zero twice for an operator. Oh. That would be my only other guess. Maybe. And like I was gonna look into an infarction, but like medical stuff just kind of grosses me out and I didn't feel like spending. Do you want my... me to tell you what it is? I mean I know what it is or the gist of it, but I wasn't gonna get into it. <laughs> Okay, well, just to remind you, it's an obstruction of blood supply to an organ or region of tissue. So. Caused probably by fat buildup. Because, like, one of the last episodes we just talked about, Hank makes reference because Gary, his mom's new boyfriend, can't eat meat after his, his <laughs> operation. And Hank's like, well, Mr. Strickland has one every year and he eats all the damn steak he wants. Yeah, so this is old news. And uh, we can tell that he's uh, pretty, uh, pretty used to it because he's pretty comfortable in that hospital bed. Well, yeah, I mean, we already know that he has uh, bypass surgery every, every year. year. Yeah. He's all the red meat he wants. That's what it was. Yeah. So then we have the next scene, Hank and Peggy back at the Hill residence. And Hank's deciding whether a tie is too ghoulish for a hospital visit. And in my personal opinion, it's fine. But Hank seems to think that it'll seem like he's just waiting for him to die. He decides to wait uh, for the funeral, and so he uh, saves the tie. So he goes to visit Buck uh, in the hospital. I don't know if you guys caught it or not, but Buck's ambulance, when it arrives to the hospital, it's on the back of a tow truck. I didn't. I did, and I was just like, that's weird. But I guess tow trucks play a pretty big role in this episode that we, we find out. But at the hospital, Buck, he's looking really sick. He's got, like, an oxygen mask hooked up to his face, and he's not doing well, and he's got all of his... I assuming those are the other branch managers, or at least some of his his higher-ups. At least his children. Yeah, his children, because Buck's describing that Strickland's a family, and he's the daddy, and the daddy ain't feeling too good. Hey, you work for me? Yes, sir, Mr. Strickland. I'm your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in his hour of need, there's this man he doesn't recognize, apparently, <laughs> standing beside his hospital bed. Hey, man, who knows what he's all hopped up on in the hospital there. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Vickers is wearing a tie, and he's the only one. Yeah. He wants Buck to die. Yeah. So, of course, Hank was under the assumption that he would be made manager while Buck is out of commission. Uh, Peggy also was under that assumption as she was kind of pumping Hank's wheels before they left or he left to go to the hospital. But of course, Buck goes, Hank, you're my right hand man. And I need you to feed my hounds for me <laughs> while I'm sick. Cause his hounds are hungry. And he puts Lloyd Vickers in charge of the company. So Vickers, you run the company. Oh, she bang. Let's see what that fancy business degree of yours is worth. <laughs> so that, she bang. That dang business degree trumps Hank's 15 years of experience, but it's the way Buck wants to do it. 
That's kind of the way it is, which uh, is a shame. Yeah, and then, so while Peggy's still under this assumption that Hank's going to be the new manager of Strickland Propane, Dale is preparing for the worst. I bought enough canned food to last us through this storm and the civil unrest that will inevitably follow. Hope you like water chestnuts. I looked up water chestnuts. Have you ever eaten them? Never even heard of them. Really? Never, ever. Oh. Didn't, I have no idea what it was. I thought maybe it was like a slang name for something. But they're water chestnuts. Mm -hmm. Water chestnuts are perennials, which means a plant that lives longer than a year, from the plant family called sedge, which sounds gross. Shoddy band name. Um, <laughs> a, a type of marshy grass with the edible part at the bottom appearing very much like the real chestnut in shape and color. And despite their name, aren't actually nuts. They're aquatic vegetables. They sound disgusting. They look like scallops, but I like scallops. I, they're pretty good, and they're fine. Really? Yeah, they're fine. What do they taste like? Not much. All right. I can't believe you've never had them before. They're like no, a they're staple in like Chinese food and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> they're good. I mean, not great. Uh, but anyway, so Dale is trying to bribe the Hill family with a nice can of these for um, some more propane to to last him through this civil unrest. Yeah, it's hilarious that Dale's just, like, been sitting and waiting and plotting for, like, the closest thing to, like, you know, a natural disaster, I guess. But, like, the snow's not it's even just... covering the ground. And, like, Peggy's out with, like, a jar of, like, just table salt, like, sprinkling it on the grass. Hey, man, that's enough snow to shut down any school in our town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Dale's prepared for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. I'm like, we live in Canada, and this is relatable because of, like, I because we've been getting more snow lately, but for, it seems like every time it snows, there's, like, a car on a, in a ditch every time you turn the corner. Like. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It does not matter how much snow either. Mm -hmm. um, there was one thing I wanted to mention. I should have gotten it out earlier. But when Hank was on the phone with the nursing home, uh, and he and she was asking if propane freezes. Hank got it wrong. He says that propane doesn't freeze, but it actually does. How cold does it have to get? Negative forty-four degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, what the fuck is that? Uh, yeah, it's it's basically it's honestly like when you get in the negatives, for some reason it works out a lot more similar than the positives. But negative negative forty-four Fahrenheit is like negative forty-seven uh, Celsius. Celsius. Oh, or so around there. Fuck. Okay. But, like, I looked up for comparison, like, an average winter day on the, like, South Pole is, like, negative 47. So, it's, like, got to be pretty fucking cold. <laughs> so, like, maybe he is right, it won't freeze here. But in actuality, he may be wrong. <gasps> which is just a goof from Hank. Hmm. Interesting. And after Dale is, like, rejected by Peggy, um, he's like, Bill! Like pumpkin pie filling? <laughs> yeah. I want to know what he's trying to get from Bill. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't think of anything. Probably stealing something from the military. Yeah. I thought he was just going for some of Bill's propane. That's what oh. I thought. It was direct. Like, well, if I can't get it from you, I mean, Bill's easy and gullible. And he loves, loves pumpkin, pumpkin pie, pie filling. filling. So then we see Hank avoiding coming home from work and getting the lead out by just 
drifting along Rainy Street. Is that what he was doing? I mean, like, I feel like it wasn't by accident. I think it was, like, intentional. Are you sure? I mean, I don't know. Like, Peggy comes out and is just like, Hank, what are you doing? And he doesn't even say, like, I can't get in. He's just like... Strickland picked Lloyd Vickers as interim manager. What? He's definitely out there just, like, trying to clear his head a bit before he goes inside and has to face his family and why he's not in charge of Strickland propane because Peggy and Bobby are expecting him to come in and oh, I'm, thought, the, I'm the manager. I thought it was just because Ford Rangers fucking really suck <laughs> in snow and like that's just a fact. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Hank, Hank was having fun. <laughs> and Peggy like just obviously looked out the window and was like, oh, that's weird. My husband's just like, but I mean like, that's like the best part of when it snows is yeah. <laughs> spinning donuts. I remember donuts. when it snowed and you and I like, I tried to drive home, and I did that all the way down the hill. And then uh, eventually I just parked at the bottom of my street and got in your truck, and then we just went and pulled people out of the snow. They like, were nice. stuck everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, back then, this was like we were fresh out of high school, so nobody had really any money to spend on vehicles. So it was all like these little cars and like two-wheel drive trucks. And, of course, where we live, it is like the hilliest place in the world. And at a friend's house at the top of the hill and in between us getting there and then going to leave it was fucking a blizzard so I just I had the only 4x4 four four, so I just parked at the top of the hill you had a pretty perfect one I watched denim go zipping down the fucking hill <laughs> through like four 360s <laughs> I just stopped in front of the bowling alley <laughs> it was it was pretty funny yeah and another friend of ours was like no screw that I'm not I'm not going down that hill so he went and he parked uh, at the gas station at the bottom of the hill and then Denim and I ran into him like three hours later this time like actually trying to make his way home but instead of like doing the logical thing and just like going home when he should have he went to another friend of ours house and got stoned <laughs> so Denim and I are driving down this road and we see this car doing like four kilometers an hour <laughs> and it was our buddy <laughs> so Hank confesses and comes to terms with him not being uh, top dog of the company and has to go and sit in on a meeting led by Vickers, which is about drug testing? Well, the guy who nobody seems to know who it is uh, <laughs> thinks that PDP, peak demand pricing, was PCP. <laughs> Vickers says, you're thinking of PCP, and yes, we will be doing drug testing. <laughs> but basically, Vickers is coming in with his fancy business degrees saying that there's a shortage, there's gonna, or there's going to be a shortage, there's a crisis, uh, supply and demand, we are going to raise our prices. And Hank is like, fuck that, we are. We got to treat people with respect. That's just kicking people when they're already down. But That's as, what Buck Strickland taught him. That's what Buck Strickland, apparently. I mean, I guess Hank believed Buck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Vickers continues to, like, poke and prod the bear. He says, don't worry, Hank. There will be lots of time for you to feed <laughs> Mr. Strickland's hounds and clean up their mess. Well, to be fair, he is just sort of treating him like, oh, who do you want to win the Super Bowl, the shimmy shammies or the duty fluties? Yeah. <laughs> Next scene, we are back in the alley. Yeah, we're back in the alley, and Hank is just kind of explaining to the guys how bullshit this is. And for some reason, Bill has read the same business pamphlets that <laughs> Vickers has. He knows all about the steps. Yeah, apparently they all did. They all like kind of nodded yeah. and agreed. We're like, well, that's number three at the management course. Or whatever. I don't know. They maybe all listened to like Rich Dad, Poor Dad or something. 
Um, but yeah, so Dale offers to show uh, Hank once again a tried and true method of creating an explosive device. If you want, I can show you how to make a bomb out of a roll of toilet paper and a stick of dynamite. <laughs> That's not the first time he's mentioned that. No, I don't think so. No. I really like his balaclava that he's wearing. Yeah. He's just, yeah. like, <laughs> just like so unnecessary. And he's got like a trench coat on, I think. He just looks like a serial killer. He and, really does. And Bill is scarfing back that can of pumpkin pie filling, which <laughs> is just great. I mean, like, why not, right? <laughs> well, Hank is telling the guys about Vickers how he wants to raise raise the prices on 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 propane and they all start freaking out and i like that boomhauer just kind of mumbles my dang old hot tub man <laughs> i mean as a single guy that would be definitely his top priority yeah so i'm guessing school is closed because hank brings bobby to work with him uh and bobby's just playing with the scanner putting a stapler in it <laughs> And uh, asks Hank, why aren't you in charge of Strickland? And then uh, Hank doesn't really have a solid answer for him. I think it's something about the hand you're dealt. Or there's your ride. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Joe Jack is outside uh, parking one of the propane trucks. And he comes bargaging in, uh, pissed off about what Vickers did. Sorry, Hank. Damn Vickers put tattlers in the trucks now. What? You can't do that. What's a tattler? It's a meter that tells a boss when the driver stops and for how long. It's designed to prevent goof-offs, lunch breaks, unscheduled stops. All the things a driver's union fought so hard for. <laughs> Damn right. Miles, do you have a tattler in your truck? <laughs> I do have a tattler in my truck. These are recent uh, additions to our fleet within the last year, and it's basically exactly what Hank described. I don't even know, like, the proper term for it. Like, it's just a tattler, but the ones we have are more advanced. It's They measure, like, even if you put your park brake on, it, it measures, like, when that happened, for how long it parks. Like, it shows where you were, like, on a GPS uh, on a computer. The dispatch can see basically, like, everything you're doing. If you're speeding, a little alarm will go off, and... It'll it'll show that for like as long as you have been speeding for and yeah, it's I don't know I don't like they don't really bother me, but apparently uh, at Strickland it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a big issue. They can't even drive the assistant manager's son home Yeah, uh, we call those co-pilots at our work is the nice way we put it and it seems that anybody that is uh, Over the age of like 40 who's been driving for a long time hates tattlers like i guess like the younger guys can deal with it like whatever but the older guys just fucking lose their shit do you people ever use it as like a, oh this guy's fucking around like does it, it ever... it's it's never used before there's something that happens like if there's an accident that happens then you go and check it or if there's like you know an issue where somebody says or like my truck got broken into well, you know, anytime there's something that went on then you'll look at it but you never like looked at it and then somebody's like hey i looked on the tattler and you were going 80 you were at ricky's for like 20 minutes yeah i know like that never happens unless like you were at ricky's and then you missed a delivery because you were at fucking ricky's <laughs> At Ricky's, it takes a while to get your food out to you. <laughs> so. No fucking dumb. Hash browns until come raw. <laughs> fucking hate Ricky's. Yeah, Ricky sucks. We're actually getting advanced tattlers in our trucks now where it's a video camera that one of the cameras faces out the windshield, like like to show like where you're driving, and the other one faces towards you. And it's like the ones that you have, Dustin, where 
they don't just record you like 24 7 it's like if you get like there's a bump in the truck or like you have to make like a heavy brake application and then it'll film 10 seconds before that application and then 10 seconds after so yeah if you're on your phone and there's a big accident they know yeah you're totally Big screwed brother knows. they know everything <laughs> Now we are at Buck Strickland's uh, pretty sweet house, and Hank is there to feed the hounds, and that is a fucking pack of hounds. There was six of them, and they're pretty like vicious apparently. Like Peggy's inside the Peggy's house. Peggy's a fucking idiot. Yeah. yeah. What, is she, what is she pretending she's a rabbit or something? Yeah, I guess. She's pretending she's a cat, but looks like she's trying to be a fucking rabbit. She's so dumb. So As dumb. As if like, I'm just not even gonna. I don't know. Separate them and then uh, whatever. Put in more effort. <laughs> I know you think they have like a like a barn or something where the dogs live because Buck Strickland is sure proud of his purebred Georgia bloodhounds. He's got to have them inside. Yeah, well, like it doesn't look like it though. Maybe it's just because it was snowing. They didn't want him like tracking all that shit in the house, getting all wet. Hey man, if you're cold, they're cold. Bring him inside. Well said. And Hank uh, kind of halfway abandons feeding them because they all start swarming him, and he just runs inside. And we see him, and he's washing his arms and his wrists and his hands in the sink, and he's complaining about how he should be out there, you know, serving the people, not wiping dog slobber off of his arm. And it's at this moment where everything changes. Everything Hank thought he knew was a lie. Buck Strickland has an electric range in his house. Oh. My. Lord. What? The stove! It's not propane, it's electric! No! Yes! Well, it better be self-cleaning because I think I'm gonna vomit. So, after Hank really dwells about this electric stove in Buck's kitchen, he confronts him while he's in his hospital bed and uh, asks him... What, you know, like, he, Vickers got the tattlers in, and what's going, like, what are you doing after everything propane's done for you? Um, and I like, uh, I like Buck's description of the tattlers. What? You knew about that? Well, sure, I've been using tattlers off and on for years. Hell, back in the old days, we used midgets. Stuck them behind the seats with a bucket of ice to keep them cool. That's till OSHA came in and put them poor little people on the street. That's what they like to be called, Hank Little People. <laughs> so he didn't get too hot. Yeah, and of course, Osh had to show up and put those little fellas out of work. That's what they like to be called. But that's a, like another, sorry, the only other time so far in the series that Osha is mentioned is the pilot episode once again. Mm. You know, the Occupational Safety Health Administration. Oh, uh, okay. And it's mentioned with Twig Boy. That's right. In the pilot episode. And it's uh, funny that it comes up again in another episode with a guy like the Twig Boy. Yeah, then Hank really just, he's so upset by all of this information, he's just not going to come into work tomorrow. Yeah, because the 15 years he spent at Strickland Propane have been the happiest years of his life, and he all of a sudden he realizes that Buck's been peddling propane, but he doesn't share the same passion and enthusiasm that Hank does because Buck's just pretty much like 
business is business. You got to make as much money as you can while you can. And I mean, he's not wrong, but fuck, does it ever fucking dampen Hank's spirit? And yeah, for the first time in those 15 years, Hank's, well, he doesn't actually really uh, make it clear what he's doing. Because Buck's like, are you quitting or just taking a personal day? And Hank's like, uh, you heard me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it seems like Hank needs to just take some time away and just kind of retreat to his thoughts. And what better way than to pack up your shit and go to a cabin? I mean, that is the best way. Yeah, because Hank wants to look at propane in a new light. Sharona Johnson came to beauty school once with her makeup off and nobody told her. <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> Sharona Johnson. Yeah, I was like, how do I spell that? I thought it might have been Sharoni, like pepperoni. But... No, it's like my Sharona. Oh, okay, got it, yeah. Yeah. My notes say different. <laughs> Uh, it's always nice when Luann makes a brief appearance to <laughs> say something relevant. Yeah, she delivered. I get it done. You want a beer? She delivers that one liner, and uh, it's great. So, and then they get on the road, and before we see them get to the cabin, we get a nice little scene uh, back at Strickland Propane. Yeah, the truckers, uh, they're bar barging into uh, Mr. Mr. Strickland's office. Kelly Rudy. <laughs> what? Like Rudy. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, it is like Rudy. It's like Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> Where they go and hand in the jerseys. Oh, right. They always go hand in the tattlers. I thought you said Kelly Rudy, and I was like, what does he have to uh, do with this? No, no, no. I want the other one. Denim wants the good beer. Oh, thank you. But yeah, they come in, and they've all got their tattlers in hand, and they put them on, uh, put them on old Vickers' desk and say they're not working for him anymore. And Vickers, being the you know pompous little arrogant fuck way over his head that he is... He goes, oh, screw you guys then. I've got a whole alumni letter full of friends just willing to. So he's just trying to rub his stupid degree in their faces. And, well, they don't care because they've got the Trump card that they don't have hazmat licenses. So, And Vickers doesn't even know what the fuck that is. No, fuck no, he doesn't. Don't listen to me. God dang it. It's the god dang height of the season. There's no drivers from here to god dang city. You're fired! <laughs> Here you go, sister. <laughs> He's so mad he can't even get out what city it is. It's just that goddamn city. So there's no drivers around, and uh, they're screwed. But Vickers got fired at least, so that's that's something. And, of course, Mr. Strickland had a dollar to spare for the ladies of St. Mary's. Well, he did literally just curse in front of them. Oh, dollar in the swear jar. I didn't even think of it yeah. like that. And I just like, like... That he's being, like, pushed in this wheelchair that he's in, but he's got his, like, custom, like, Buck Strickland, like, velveteen <laughs> robe or whatever he's wearing. He wears it every time he gets an infarction, and at every bypass surgery, they hang it on the wall for him. He's got a reserved room. <laughs> I like, too, that it's, uh, like, he's got his initial stitch into it, just BS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right across it. But while Vickers is being fired, we find the hills, and where are they, Denim? They're up at Ma and Pa's convenience store, up somewhere by the lake. I don't know exactly where. But, um, yeah, they're out there, and Hank really sees a strange opportunity that he's never considered before. Mm -hmm. um, and that is charcoal briquettes. Yes. And the bag is also Pa and Ma's charcoal briquettes. Yeah, I guess it's like uh, not a chain store. This little uh, general store has their own brand of uh, barbecue briquettes. <laughs> that, that or they're just, yeah, that or they're just 
like to su- support other small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I actually so just a little um, Easter egg I noticed here. Peggy confronts him while he's doing this, and kind of he gets to explain to Peggy why he wants to. Have you ever tasted meat on a charcoal barbecue? Because he's pretty curious. But behind Peggy's head is boxes of rice. And on one of the boxes of rice, they all say rice on the spine, and one of them says John on the on the front. So this is John Rice. Uh, John Rice is an art director. He's a director. He's he was yeah on also from Beavis and Butthead to America. He's yeah. Yeah, good eye. Uh And I mean like. If I was in John Rice's position, I'd do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they how they have that freedom to put their own spin it's, on what they're doing. It's cool. And, you know, like, it's probably mostly only, like, the people who were working on it who were just like, oh, fucking Rice, there's his name in there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, John. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty fun. But, yeah, so we get Hank. He's taking these up to the counter, and he's about to buy them. And uh, while this is going on, Luann's back at the Hill House. Hank gets a call from Buck Strickland, and nobody's there except, you're right, Luann, to take the message. Uh, to which she lazily listens to or can't make out what he's saying. Fair enough, though. <laughs> no doubt. Hank, get your old buddy, Buck Strickland. That Vickers mucked things up worse than Jack Kennedy at Piggy Bay. So I got no drivers. I got no right-hand man. I need you, old top. I'll need you bad. Yeah, it does make sense. Unless you know what's going on. She writes down, Jack Kennedy called. Because, <laughs> I mean, I get it. That's the only two words that I could understand. <laughs> I heard mocked it up. Yeah, and I heard old top. That one that one rang through. Yeah. So he's, Buck Strickland's referring to, like, John F. Kennedy, but what he's referring to, I, I couldn't catch his no his gibberish (laughs) i didn't have a clue yeah me either (laughs) and we get back to ma and pa's general store and hank's up at the till paying for his his wares and he's uh he's about a buck 20 short i think and uh oh pa he's a sweetheart he goes oh don't worry about that 20 is close enough and he goes and he says people before pennies and hank has a real a little real moment at that. He he really likes that uh, that saying, and he's uh, he keeps that with him throughout the episode. He's happy to support a local guy who's also happy to support his community. Absolutely, it uh, it really resonates with Hank, but Ma seems to think a little differently. <laughs> we don't care about a bucky or that. Now I know why they call you Pa, cause you're pathetic. And I know why they call you Ma. Because you're always rotting my ass. <laughs> <laughs> now, who is that? Does that Toby has too? Yeah, it must be those. Like, Mom and Paul weren't credited, so I couldn't no? find oh, out okay. who actually did it. But I guess that's probably Kathy Najme as Ma. Or maybe Pam hey. Ladlon. I don't know. It was, it was really hard to tell. But it's... Do you want to hear it again? Let's hear it again. We don't care about a bucky or that. Now I know why they call you Pa. Because you're pathetic. And I know why they call you Ma. Because you're always rotting my ass. <laughs> I don't know. It's. I don't know who Pa is, but I think Ma might be Pamela Adlon. I'm going out on a limb, and I'm saying Cheryl Holiday took another step into the booth. Just maybe. Yeah. yeah Just maybe. Hard to say. It's uh, They have that raspiness to him where it's it's hard to distinct but yeah i love that scene that was hilarious that was like obviously the last thing you expect these like old sweet grandparents (laughs) to just start cussing each other out 
So Hank gets up to the cabin with the family, and he's sitting on the dock, feet hanging over, and he's got his bag of charcoal briquettes that he's skipping into the water. And, like, I'm sure that's not good for the lake, but, like, whatever. Uh, and uh, Bob... <laughs> Bobby comes up behind Hank and gives him the good old, uh, saved your life, and uh, Hank doesn't really get it, and I don't even think Bobby does a very good job you of it. You were going to push me in? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Peggy obviously grabs Bobby and is just like, no, I said don't bother him. Excuse <laughs> me. Yeah, I think that was my favorite joke from the episode, because Bobby's like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah. Hank is just so, like, immersed in his own thoughts right now that he always says, you're going to push me in it's like it's winter time at this freezing night but like i hated when kids used to do that like fuck so hank has an epiphany while he's kind of getting his moment on the lake and he gets a like an audio flashback of what pa had said and he agrees you know people over pennies and he decides that the one way that he can redeem himself is to have great service with a smile. Peggy's like, oh, you're going back to work for Strickland. And then Hank says, nope, I'm opening a general store. And Peggy exclaims, Escuchame? <laughs> Which means listen to me. <laughs> it sounds like, excuse me? But it means listen to me. Of course it does. <laughs> God damn it, you idiot, Peggy. This scene I thought was pretty funny because Hank, like, he's just like, oh, like, this is it. I know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. It's going to be like a family business. Peggy's going to be Ma. I'm going to be Paul. We're going to open up this general store. And he goes, like, running up to the cabin. And he's like, Bobby, great news. I'm opening up a general store. <laughs> and Bobby's just, like, pokes his head out of the cabin. He's like... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's probably got his Game Boy in there. I think he was in like pajama pants. Like he didn't. He did not know what his dad's talking about. He didn't care. But yeah, Hank has a, a bit of convincing, uh, trying to win Peggy over. And between the car ride from the cabin back to the Hill residence, uh, he convinces Peggy quite easily. She has some good ideas too, uh, having like kind of a, a free library at the Monpaw store for the kids. I like that she doesn't call it a library because I think she came up with something brand new. She thinks that, yeah. yeah. We could have a section for books, children's books, and we wouldn't even have to charge for them as long as the kids brought them back. That's a great idea, Peggy. Kids are people. You see, you've come up with a whole new customer base for our store. <laughs> kids are people. <gasps> They are people. Yeah, yeah and Hank By is... By definition, <laughs> they're very little people. But Hank's, like, really, like, obviously he was unaware of Ma and Pa yelling at each other and that they must be in some sort of financial trouble and the general store's not doing too good, but... Well, I think the point there isn't so much that general stores don't do so well, but it's the buck here and there that doesn't do so yeah, well. Yeah, and Hank uses that as an example as why yeah. his general store would be successful. He's like, well, I'll hook that guy up, and then he'll tell a friend, exactly. and then he'll tell a friend, and there will be a lineup out the door of people not paying for <laughs> what they're buying. <laughs> But they, yeah, they make it back to the Hill House, and before Hank looks at his answering machine, him and Peggy both start off to write their resignation letters, which did seem quite hastily in the whole scheme of things. I mean, Peggy's been a teacher a long time, but I mean, it's not the school district's going to miss her. She doesn't really teach anything. <laughs> and, like, she's a substitute. If yeah. they call her, can't she just be like, nah? 
Not oh, today. sorry, like, yeah. But I guess if Ma wasn't there, people would start saying things about Pa. Like, what did he do with Ma? Yeah, she's yeah. hanging in the freezer. Nobody yeah. wants to buy batteries from the guy who killed his wife. <laughs> people do need batteries. But Hank sits down at his chair that he always sits at, and he goes about starting to write his resignation letter. And as he's doing that, he presses play on the 38 messages he's got uh, left for him. And it's like he starts with, it is with regret. And then it's with deep regret, and then very deep regret. Very deep regret, and he just keeps listening to the people pile up, and they are funny. They yeah, have one of them's got a very compelling argument for why Hank should go back to work for Strickland. Hank, it's Velma Throckmorton. My hands froze to my walker, and I had to thaw them in the microwave. I need my propane. So now, did you guys pick up whose voice that was? The only way I could describe it as a round table, Cheryl Holiday. Was it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so aside from uh, Eustace Miller's son, Randy Miller, Cheryl Holiday has one more voice credit through her illustrious career at King of the Hill. Uh, Velma Throckmorton. Uh, she has two appearances in season two, the other episode being junkie business and she's also mentioned one more time in season three but not actually seen and then that's the uh the end of velma in the series but it's always nice to hear our hear our girl show holiday maybe maybe that was her as ma then yeah it could be just because she could have already been recording that's what that was my thought yeah there. that's I figured. fun and I mean, but she that's doesn't not the old... one I was talking about. No, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of yours again? <laughs> uh, Mr. Hill, it's Hugh Jimerson. My heat's gone out. I've tried wearing turtlenecks, but they make me look French. Where are your <laughs> <laughs> Does Hugh Jimerson make any more appearances, Miles? Unfortunately, no. And yeah. as I heard him say huge, I was like, okay, that's going to be like a huge ass type joke. Yeah. I was like, this, but uh, that's not really a King of the Hills bag. Hugh Jimerson. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's just some guy. I mean, Jimerson's a pretty sweet last name. Yeah. So obviously, as you said before, the answering machine messages kind of compel Hank to feel, you know, deeply and deeper and very deep regret. Uh, for leaving Strickland, so he just realized, why would I have all this regret and just go back to work at Strickland? Because Peggy comes out with her finished resignation letter to find Hank gone and a note left for her saying, I've gone back to work. And he does go back to Buck's office, and Buck asks him if he's there to dance on his grave, and Hank doesn't feel much like dancing because there's a propane emergency out there. And Hank's got the bright idea that you don't actually need a hazardous material license to drive a tow truck carrying a truck that you need a hazardous materials, materials license. Um, so the guys and Peggy and obviously some others, I like to assume probably John Redcorn. Mm. Um, uh, who else would be in there? Maybe, uh... In the convoy? Yeah. Do you think Nance, Nancy would drive one? No. <laughs> no, I don't. How come? I think she got better things to do, Suge. <laughs> yeah, Suge. Well, I thought we saw who was... Or are you you're assuming that there's more well, trucks? Well, we saw four trucks, but there was more than four trucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was more than four at the end. Right, yeah, so the, the four we see, it's uh, Bill, Dale, Boomhauer, and Peggy. Yeah. And then we assume Hank's driving one, and then, yeah. I don't know. Who else could Hank enlist? Yeah, I don't know, because I mean... Hal Dumpty. 
before we get to the actual ending, the alternate ending, I guess, was that just was showed Bobby. He got to drive the truck from passenger seat all the way down the road, and they were swerving into like yards and lanes and roads and in traffic. And of course, and Hank was just having a good time. He wasn't even worried. No wonder it got cut, um, because Hank would probably be pretty worried. But we do get a nice little song that's really uplifting as we see the whole convoy of tow trucks drive. And I like, actually, we get to see, sorry, before you press play, um, we notice when they're walking by, we see the old lady with her hands frozen to the walker, yeah. Yeah. and we see the Hugh Jimerson pull off a turtleneck. <laughs> Triumphantly rip that turtleneck off, and he's waving it around as the Strickland convoy drives right past them. <gasps> Saved your life, Dad. <laughs> Saved my life. <laughs> and now I get it. <laughs> Hank may get it, but I don't. I mean, pretending to push your dad into the lake on a dock, that's one thing, but swerving on the icy snow conditions in a propane truck? <laughs> it's like, that's a little sketchy. But it's also not wrong. No, it's not wrong. <laughs> but Hank's just so elated to be slanging propane again to the people, so yeah. it doesn't matter. So you're right, Bobby saved his life. And with that, it brings us to our final thoughts on the episode. Uh, let's pass it over to me to start it off, because then I can get out all the points. No, it was a great episode. It uh, it had some good insight into Buck Strickland's, uh, you know, view on his business. It kind of also showed how Hank, no matter who his boss is, still loves propane and will always be a stand-up businessman. And I feel like that's what I get out of this episode is he doesn't really care if his, if Buck likes propane or not. Hank loves propane, and Hank loves selling propane with a smile and a good firm handshake, sometimes a slice of pie. Uh, so with that, I'd probably give this episode four handshakes and 7.5 liters of propane. I, um, I like this episode a lot. I, I think it ended up being really well put together in the end, I think. It wasn't certainly my favorite. I laughed a lot. Plus, we meet Joe Jack. He's fun. <laughs> um, got another Twig Boy. Yeah, I, th- I like this episode quite a bit. I don't have much to say about it. It's a really good look at Hank. And, yeah, it's basically all there is, really, I can say. Mm-hmm. Some memorable bits in this episode, I, w- I will say. While watching it, like that the Snow Angel thing, um, I, I that was like... That's a con. That's a. I don't know if that was uh, in a lot of the trailers or something for King of the Hill at the time, but I, that one I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of endearing jokes for this episode. There might have been like they may be numbered, but like Dale with his like stick of dynamite, like mm-hmm. that's a meme you see like a ton through the King of the Hill uh, hashtag there, and like as you mentioned there that we have another twig boy one thing that i also noticed is that you know david herman plays michael bolton in office space both twig boy and lloyd vickers look pretty much just like him right just like the dweeby little like short sleeve dress shirts with the tie and glasses and yeah i like i don't know i like this episode I think it it built on some key relationships that they're going to just, like, you know, blow up going forward, especially Buck Strickland and everything that comes with it, including Joe Jack and then the rest of the crew at Strickland. There, it was... It was light, I'd say. You know, there wasn't you know any celebrity voice cameos or anything, but it was a damn fine episode. I have probably no complaints. Yeah, and Furthermore, I... Furthermore, 
<laughs> and I learned that uh, Hank has a cabin that he can go to anytime he wants. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird too, but it, it reminded me of Jumping Crack Bass, um, where he's just like, he has a boat, but it's not really his. Like, I think it's rented, but it's just not. See, I, I like to imagine that the. It was like we just didn't have to see the like pointless phone call of like renting a cabin for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like at the furthest time from peak season. I don't think he'd have any problem securing yeah. a weekend away at a cabin in January in Texas. Especially with Bobby coming out with like their little portable barbecue. Like if that was their cabin, it would yeah that's be true. be there sort yeah. of thing. But got yeah so sustained. So so yeah we got a memo from uh buck strickland come down here do you want to read it to us apparently he felt he needed to share some of his wisdom with us yeah so as you know uh we've been looking at the boy ain't right and there is right from buck's desk uh, at strickland propane the title of this memo is leaner is Wiener? Meaner. (laughs) This has nothing to do with downsizing or firing one of your children. It happens. It has to do with your diet. Take it from a man who's had seven ticker tacks. Your doctor will try to put you on one of them low-fat, pritikin wheat germ diets, and you'll be meaner than a snake in a bad way. You'll start snapping at people, chewing out your kids and yelling at your wife. In a bad way. It costs me my fourth marriage. I'm not going to let it cost my sixth. From where I'm sitting, fatter is happier. Now, if you'll excuse me, I got a grunt. (laughs) (laughs) I got a grunt. And it has uh, attached to the memo is a picture of Buck, uh, which looks to be, it's kind of half cut off, but we see him at, obviously, a dinner table of a very fancy establishment, I assume a steakhouse, and there are two giggling interns in his arms, just some of his children, obviously. I'm your daddy. (laughs) So with that, I'd like to close out this Order the Straight Arrow meeting with a final roundtable with Matanya. Want to hear more Order of the Straight Arrow? Join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow, a King of the Hill podcast. Catch new episodes every Sunday night. Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at Utsakothpod at gmail.com. Please, no hate mail. Hey, what's your crying for, boy? It's a good show. This is a damn good show. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us.